It's your American patriot, DJ Drew Shelton. With insight and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, we welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. Remember, you don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy. And now, coming from our WGBB studios in the tri-state area, your Jewess patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello and welcome to the Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am today's premier Jewish women activist. Of course, you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy to be a part of our show, to be a part of our audience, to speak up. In fact, we encourage uh, people from all backgrounds to join us in our adventures, both serious and fun. As many of you know, I open up my shows every week with my pearls of wisdom because my name is Ziesel Peril, and that means in Jewish, sweet pearl. So let's get going. We have a huge show today. And my pearls of wisdom is about the guest of our show. Many of you know that I am a proud Republican. I did support President Trump. I do support many Republicans running on local, state, and national levels. And I support many of the common sense issues that common sense Republicans and Democrats agree on. I'm going to tell you about two stories this week that happened to me as you listen to this show, because you're listening to three really big voices, powerful voices, both locally, nationally, and even internationally because of social media and their uh, positions of power. Uh, first of all, I invite everybody on the show, if they have something to say of value to share, so that we could all have some common ground and have a discussion, a place to escape. I have had the experience in the past, I, I love what you do. I would love to be a part of it, but I don't agree with President Trump and you did, so I can't come on your show. Or I do agree with President Trump or the Republican Party, but I'm afraid to lose my job. I'm afraid to talk to my friends and family if they see me associated with the show. So I'm going to tell you there are some best-selling fictional authors that I invited on the show, and every single one of them turned me down because they are liberals. So let me tell you something. I belong to two book clubs and we don't decide our books based on are you Republican or Democrat. I don't buy my books because of that. I buy books because either I want to learn something from a nonfiction book or I want to escape and uh, I belong to two book clubs and it's part of our discussion in, in you know, things like uh, historical and reality fiction. So I was really insulted, and I have to tell you something. I think the 75 million people that voted in 2020 should be insulted too because I don't know any of us that say we won't buy a book because it's written by a Democrat. And if that's going to be the attitude of our country, we might as well close shop now. Businesses might stop, you know, stop. 
And I'm going to tell you another little secret. A lot of people that say they're Democrats up front, they tell me secretly they vote Republican, but they're afraid to speak up. And I'm talking major actors and directors, major authors, major people in the fashion industry. You'd be surprised just how many support us. You'd be surprised how many reality stars believe in the in the Republican Party's platforms and issues and policies. So I just want to tell you, don't insult me anymore. You're going to end up insulting yourselves and ending your businesses. Let's all work together and find a way to purchase from each other without thinking you're a Republican or a Democrat first and boycotting each other. And the second thing I want to talk about is the fact that Our first guest, Congressman Mike Lawler, who is a Republican from a highly Democratic area or purple area, and is winning the hearts not only of his uh, county, but of all New Yorkers. And in Washington, he has been an outspoken voice for common sense issues. When President Biden visited his district because of the housing issues and the budget issues, he actually called out Congressman Lawler. Lola, as somebody he could work with, practically endorsing him. I'll be honest with you, I don't see how any Democrat, after President Biden said that, could run in that seat. Congressman Lawler is 36 years old. He has plenty of time for national office in a bigger level. Listen to him and his stands on issues and not getting involved in the nonsense of party uh, diversity on stupidities. He doesn't waste time with Facebook memes. He talks about common sense issues that we could all work on together, young or old, black or white, uh, living in a suburb, living in a city, living in a red state, living in a blue state. So that's my advice to you. Two sweet pearls of wisdoms. Number one, Let's talk about entertainment as entertainment and stop worrying about whether or not the entertainer or the purchaser is a Republican or Democrat. Enjoy the craft that they do and enjoy the audience that buys from you. And finally, listen to the new voices in Washington who want to make a difference for all Americans and to make sure that all Americans are respected around the world. We have a super huge show, so sit back, stay tuned. Joining us now is Congressman Michael Lawler, and everybody knows him because he's been all over the news. He is at the forefront of every issue that concerns every common sense American. And off the record, I have to tell you, I've known him for years. He probably sees my phone call and he goes, oh, what does she want from me now? Because every time I get a phone call from one of his constituents in Rockland County, I immediately call him and he did this for me way before he was in Congress. He got the job done and not only did he get it done, he got it done 
timely and he got it done correct. And it was really common sense issues that were some of them not as easy to fix, but they got done. And I'm hearing around the country, his name, he's only 36 years old as a person who we could look at in the next couple of decades as a national figure for the Republican party. Uh, Like I said, he represents Rockland County and he is doing such a great job in Congress and we're honored to have him on the show. Thank you, Cindy. I appreciate it. There is so much going on and you are at the forefront of it and you're fighting locally. You're fighting statewide and nationally. I don't know where to begin first. I mean, let's talk about security and everything. By now we have, we see the results of the end of title 47. There might be some changes, but I I really hear from everybody concerned, and this is not a political statement from people. They are concerned about their safety now. And if if there's uh, so many people that have been uh, allowed to come uh, across the border without checking them, that is is even their street safe anymore. Well, look, let me let me preface this by saying, as I've said many times, my wife is an immigrant. I've been through this process. And so this is not about being against immigration in any way. Uh, Immigrants enrich our communities, our culture, and our economy. uh, And they're vital to our country. But there needs to be a process. And what we're seeing right now is an absolute disaster. Uh, Under the Biden administration, there have been over 5 million migrants who have crossed over our southern border, many of them seeking asylum, These cases are not being heard at minimum for six months. In some cases, two to three years it's taking. Uh, And it is a total disaster. It's a humanitarian crisis. You have, uh, obviously, human trafficking at our southern border. uh, And you have a situation where uh, you have drug trafficking. The cartels uh, are are moving fentanyl uh, into our country and into our communities. It has spilled out beyond the southern border uh, into New York City. New York City has taken over 60,000 migrants uh, over the last uh, year plus. It is unsustainable. And now what Mayor Eric Adams is doing, despite previously decrying southern governors uh, who sent migrants up to New York City, calling it morally bankrupt, Uh, He is now sending migrants into communities in the Hudson Valley and could be on Long Island. Um, And it is a problem. These communities do not have the resources nor the capabilities uh, to deal with hundreds, if not thousands of migrants at a clip. In Rockland County, where I live, we we have migrants. We have migrants who have come into the county over the last two years uh, who are getting help from some of our nonprofits. But many of them came because they have family here. They have friends that they know. We have a large immigrant community, and they've assimilated into uh, the county, and and they enrich the county. But you have to have this in an orderly process, and you can't continue to sustain this massive influx. So with the expiration of Title 42, uh, it is a big problem. And I spoke with the president directly about it and the need to secure our southern border, to increase personnel on the border, to increase personnel to handle these asylum cases. We cannot continue down this path. Well, I'm a little older than you, and I tell people who are not political like you or myself 
Go back and read those uh, historical fiction books like the Danielle Steeles and the days when they had the movies and they had every immigrant immigrant come through Ellis Island. People had to be checked health wise. Did they know people in the country? Uh, They were questioned about I mean, that's how many people had their names changed from their European surnames because they couldn't even speak the language. But everybody came over and they respected America. They took, yes, they went to our schools, they had jobs, but there was a respect, whether or not it was a principal in a school where a lot of the issues are happening now in schools because of the illegal immigrants. And like you said, your wife is a total example. There is nothing wrong with asking somebody who wants to come live here to be healthy and to be willing to work and support the country they want to adopt as their own. No question. You you need a process. And this process is fundamentally broken. It hasn't been uh, fixed or reformed in any way since the 1980s. You know, I was born in 1986. That's what we're dealing with here, a a, a situation where every time people try to address it, obviously there's there's a tug of war. Uh, The Democrats don't want to secure the border. The Republicans don't necessarily want to expand the, the ability to migrate here. And so it's been a real tug of war. And both parties are, are at fault for this. And I think that's right. You know, we 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 have to look at immigration uh, in in real terms. Uh, people are coming to this country because it's the greatest country in the world and because they're in often cases seeking to escape socialism, communism, dictatorships gangs. Uh, You look at a country like Haiti or the crisis in Ukraine right now. People are leaving because they're fearful for their lives. So we have to we have to recognize that and we have to be able to accommodate that. Not everybody qualifies under those those terms. Uh, And the problem right now is everybody is seeking asylum um, and, and the system just cannot sustain that. And so you need to secure the border. You need to have an asylum process that works. You need to deal with the 11 and a half million people who are here undocumented. The the children uh, who came here, uh, you know, undocumented, uh, who are now adults uh, or who have been here for a very long time, the DACA children. You need to, to, to look at the situation with TPS, for instance, um, and some of the, the migrants who have come under that program. So there's a lot of challenges ahead, and it really requires both parties sitting down and fixing it. And the only way that you're going to build trust, I think, uh, given where we are today, is that you got to start with the border. You have to secure the border. You have to, to stem the flow here so that we can properly fix this system. And it's two borders. It's from the north now and the south. And yep. you brought up a couple of times something that, I'm hearing a lot from my followers about you. You keep talking about both parties. Yes. And I say it also, both parties are at fault. Both parties want to just attack without even trying to have a solution. And if somebody attempts to say they want to work with the other party, they get attacked. However, you've been, since you have been in office, and you are from an area where there is a strong Democratic Party, you've had to, since day one of your political career, from a blue state in an area that's considered very purple. You had to work with Democrats and people are noticing your concern 
about reaching across the aisle. It's become very apparent to people in other states and through national television from, you know, day one when you went on CNN and, and Fox and, and everybody else that, you you know, is trying to share the news, which is very commendable for you. Well, at the end of the day, the way I look at this is whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, we all want a few basic things in life, right? We want a good paying job to provide for our families. We want a quality education for our children. We want access to housing and healthcare, and we want to live in a safe neighborhood. Yes, there's a lot of disagreements about various issues, but at our core, that's what we all want. And, and so I think it's really uh, incumbent on all of us uh, to be to be willing to talk about issues in a way that cuts across party line. Uh, yes, sometimes there's going to be partisan divide and you, and you duke it out. Uh, and, you know, as I've been in party politics a long time, I've helped elect a lot of Republicans over the years uh, to public office. Um, and I believe in the principles of the Republican Party. But you, you have to be willing to find compromise. We don't live in a dictatorship. We don't live in a monarchy. Uh, we we live in a uh, in a republic, and we need to make sure that voices are heard and that we find common ground and compromise. It, it it's not a bad thing, uh, frankly. Not it's the only way we solve these problems uh, for the long term when there's when there's broad consensus and buy-in. So the year you mentioned you were born, I actually helped open the New York APAC offices with two senators, Moynihan and D'Amato, one Democrat, one Republican. And everybody was proud to be a New Yorker and proud to have those two lead us. And it was a different time for New York. You brought up something else, which is everybody's concern, which is the economy and jobs. I'll give you an example. I was with a small business owner, a restaurant owner, who said he has survived through COVID. He managed to get through. And all of a sudden, for the first time, he is seeing his patrons who have supported him for years suddenly telling him they can't go out to dinner. They have to cut back, especially people 65 and older. People are afraid of this economy. What is going on? And we know we're watching. Is it going to be... A, di- a bill is there, isn't it? Why can't anything happen? But overall, it doesn't matter what age, where you are, whether you're an R or a D, people are scared about money. Well, the, the cost of living is the biggest uh, issue driving uh, people right now. Uh, they can't afford to live here uh, in New York or in other parts of the country, frankly, given the record inflation we've been dealing with, the skyrocketing energy costs. Um, you know, taxes continue to be a, a major issue for folks, uh, especially in New York. Um, so there are a lot of challenges and people are very concerned when they see uh, an economy uh, that is stagnant at best, uh, that, you know, uh, inflation continues to, to cripple us. You see banks falling under. Uh, and obviously, we have the debt ceiling uh, debate and, and long-term spending reforms that need to be enacted. Uh, I look at this, again, in a very simple way. We all have a responsibility to work together to address this challenge. You cannot continue uh, to uh, you know, print new money, borrow at the rates that we have, um, and, and not expect uh, that inflation would be high. And so what House Republicans have said, 
uh, to the president is, look, yes, we, we absolutely need to lift the debt ceiling. We cannot default on our previous debts incurred, but we cannot continue to borrow and print new money at these levels. We need to rein in federal spending, uh, which has been the primary driver of inflation. And that is what is crippling the economy and, and hurting families all across this country. So we all need to work together. Everybody's got to get their big boy pants on and negotiate. Uh, and that's and that to me is is the issue at hand. Finally, as the Jewess patriot, I can proudly say I know your history supporting the Jewish communities in America. And I was honored to sit across from you as one of the co-sponsors of Bill 987, our friend Andrew Garbarina was one of the uh, major sponsors with uh, creators of it, actually, with uh, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And you uh, said to me, I have to get out of here because I'm heading to Israel. You were one of the honored guests to go to the Knesset. Tell us what that experience was like to hear uh, the speaker uh, address the Knesset and to meet Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. Well, it was historic. Uh, Kevin McCarthy was only the second speaker uh, in the 75-year existence of Israel uh, to speak at the Knesset, Newt Gingrich being the first. And so uh, it was a wonderful opportunity to go to Israel. It was my first time there. Uh, I was amazed uh, visiting uh, the holy sites in Jerusalem, uh, getting to to have lunch with Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, meeting with President Herzog, uh, and Speaker Ohana, uh, and and getting to hear the Speaker, uh, Kevin McCarthy, deliver his remarks before the Knesset. And obviously the relationship between the United States and Israel is strong. Uh, it is uh, one of our closest allies in the world, and we need to continue to foster that. It's why I've introduced, along with uh, Congressman Richie Torres, a Democrat uh, from the Bronx, a bill to create a special envoy for the Abraham Accords, um, to, to really help uh, normalize relations uh, between Israel and Arab states in the Middle East. Uh, we need to continue to grow uh, that and ensure peace and prosperity uh, across the Middle East and, and you know, throughout the world. And that's uh, an important step uh, in that process. So uh, it, it was a great opportunity. I, I loved every minute of it and look forward to going back uh, in November uh, as part of the APAC freshman trip. Well, uh, you have to come back to the show beforehand. I know you are so busy. There's just no news going on. And as we say, there's just so much news, seriously. And we're so honored that you took this time to join us because there were so many headlines that are affecting us. Uh, thank you again, Congressman Mike Lawler, for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you for being our friend, our leader, and continued success. Thank you so much, Cindy. Take care. Take care. Thanks. Cindy Gross here, your Jewess patriot. I'm here with Zlata Stein, licensed fitness coach, and with some tips for spring and summer. I recommend you call her because there is nothing like having a fitness trainer in person to help you and guide you. However, we have some tips today on your core. Thank you, Zlata, for joining us. Tell us what we should do with our core muscles. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, first, before we discuss what you can do with them, I want to just say that 
what the core really is. And many people think the core only consists of the abdominals, but the core also includes your pelvic floor muscles, mid and lower back muscles, and even your hip muscles. So having a strong core is very important. It, it uh, reduces injuries. It reduces back pain. So having a strong core muscle creates a system to support your spine. It improves balance and stability. It improves your posture and athletic performance. What do you recommend as the best core uh, exercise that we can try at home that we won't injure ourselves? Planks are very good for supporting and strengthening the core. The only issue with that is if you're doing it alone, you're not, you don't know necessarily if you're engaging your core or putting extra um, pressure on your spine. So it is very important that you do have someone watching over you so you do prevent injury. Zlatistein is available for group and individual training, reasonable rates. You could find her on Instagram, Facebook, and on other social media outlets. Joining us now is Dr. Trey Penny. He's actually been on the show before. We actually met through a Jewish organization. He was one of the first outspoken uh, black men talking about the Black Jewish Coalition at this event. And since then, uh, he has decided to expand his career, and he announced recently that he is running for Congress in Texas's third district. That's part of North Texas. Many of you also recognize him from his many, many appearances on uh, Sean Hannity's show on Fox at nine o'clock on TV around the country, Eastern time. And uh, he has a lot to say. He is very angry and he's decided to take action for America right now. So, Dr. Trey Penny, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I was very happy you reached out to me. You have called me in the past, updating me on your many activities uh, and many concerns that impact, I'm not saying which party, whatever, but impact Americans as a whole. And... You are especially concerned about what is going on in your state. Share with us what is going on and why you decided to run for Congress. Yeah, more than anything, it's not just the state. I mean, it's the country. Yeah, we have a lot of issues, but recently we had the um, the shooting attack that just happened in, in uh, Allen, Texas, at the Allen Mall. Um, I mean, just, just devastating. And, and one of the, 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 the things that really brings it home for me uh, this actual district that I live in, my family shops at this mall. Um, and, and on the day that it actually occurred, uh, my wife, myself and my wife were at the Galleria Mall. It was about 15 minutes away. And um, I got a call about 335 uh, with one of my friends. He's a police officer in another another city. And uh, he called me and told me that uh, his daughter uh, called him screaming, said she was um, she was locked in a in a closet uh, while the shooting was going on. He could hear the shooting in the background. And he's like, you know, sorry, just get to my daughter, just get to my daughter. 
And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just, just trying to figure out what's going on. You know, I grab my wife and we run, jump in the car and I grab my gun and, you know, I'm trying to get by there and, and, you know, my, my, you know, the anxiety is racing in my mind. Um, you know, he's, he's frantic. I mean, and, and when I get there, I mean, it's just completely chaos. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's no getting in, no getting out. Um, uh, but, but luckily, uh, you know, her mom was, was, uh, she was prior military and she was able to barricade, uh, herself and about 10 other people inside of a, uh, that closet inside the pretzel shop, uh, where, where the shooting happened. And, and I say that to say, that um guys no matter where you are in this country you you're not safe um because individuals can be radicalized anywhere and i've been talking about this for the last several years um especially um you know after the shooting attack in Dallas Texas that claimed the lives of five of my friends um look this is we we can't continue to allow uh things to go as they are you know online radicalization is a real thing uh, in 2017, I filed a federal lawsuit against Facebook, Google, and Twitter for um, facilitating uh, these, this radicalized agenda and allowing individuals to uh, organize, fundraise, and and uh, essentially recruit for the purposes of attacking, uh, you know, American interests. And unfortunately, um, you know, with these cases, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. Uh, we couldn't get Congress to do anything. The cases were thrown out of court. Um, just recently, uh, that case, so the sister case to my case was Gonzalez versus Google. And, um, that was a young lady that was, that was, uh, studying abroad from the University of California and, uh, in, in Seville, France. And, uh, an ISIS attack happened. ISIS shooters came in and killed multiple people in a restaurant. And she was one of the, the individuals that got killed, uh, Naomi Gonzalez. So, uh, her parents filed a federal lawsuit against Facebook, Google, and Twitter saying, I mean, against Google. Uh, basically saying that the, the shooters were inspired by, um, YouTube. And the reality is, you know, uh, our court system, because we look at everything in so, so much of a, um, black and white, uh, chalkboard type of, type of, uh, imagery, uh, they don't, they don't get the, the connection between the online world and the real world. So causation was the, was an issue in both of our cases. Both of them got dismissed. Uh, but in, in February, I'm sorry, in November this past year, we asked the U.S. Supreme Court to hear the legal arguments in Google versus uh, Gonzalez, and they accepted it. And um, so in February, we went down for opening arguments in that case, and I wrote an amicus brief on behalf of law enforcement in this country. I talked about um, online radicalism and how it's had, how it's had a, uh, impacted law enforcement and the country as a whole. And uh, look, we want to have a decision back in June. But at least as a start, uh, and by all indication, it, it seems that they're going to kick it back to Congress. Um, but I, I'll say that that we have to have leaders in Congress that understand uh, public safety interests. They understand um, online radicalization. They understand how tools, social media tools, are being used uh, to incite violence against American interests, and, and especially our, our ethnic minorities, our Jewish community. Uh, you, look, the Jewish community is a target. Uh, with the rise of, of uh, anti anti Semitism uh, on the right and left, you you, you got uh, the the Black Lives Matter on the on the uh, left, on the extreme left, and then you have you know these these um, neo Nazi groups on the right, and and you know guys, you got to understand you are uh, you are at, at risk, you are uh, unfortunately you are a target, 
And and you know, we can talk about this all day long, but the reality is you get a lot of Congress member, members in Congress that go in, they check the box and say, oh, I support Israel, I support Jews. And, and um, you, you know, you, you never see the thing from them. They just, get, you know, they get your... Get the support in the office, and then that's it. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm somebody that that uh, look. I believe in what I what I what I do. You know, I want to protect the you know the American people. I want to uh, protect the Jewish people. Uh, you know, I think with the um, the you know the Israel issues that are going on right now. I mean, you just saw this deal with um, Talib, whatever her name is. You, you just saw that whole deal with you know she wanted to. To hold something in in in, in Congress, Rashida Talib, one of the squad members. Yeah, Rashida, Ta- yeah, whatever it is, you know, Rashida Talib, you know, uh, that craziness. Don't those type of people don't deserve to be in Congress? You have to understand that that there has been a long lasting connection between Israel and America, and and we have to make sure that that is, um, you know, forefront no matter what. Because uh, look, we're not safe in the in the, and we can't protect the only. Uh, democracy in the Middle East, then we're not going to be, we can't be safe here at home. So, um, I, I think it all starts with, with, uh, what we do overseas. I just, I went to Israel this past year and, uh, in March and, uh, one of the most profound experiences I ever had. I mean, just everything from, uh, religious, cultural, um, uh, political. I had an opportunity to meet with a lot of your, um, a lot of the, the, uh, political leaders down there. Um, especially from the law enforcement side to, to kind of get a, uh, compare, do a comparison between the American, uh, system of, of public safety and, and Israel's system of public safety. And, um, man, by far, you know, <laughs> uh, man, it, 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 look, it's an amazing comparison. I, I would say that, uh, for me, it was just shocking to see all the young people, uh, that were, that were quote unquote in law enforcement, uh, uh all, all the military. Or how, look, it, it all runs, this, runs in parallel over there. So it's, it's uh, just amazing. I, I just think that so many people need to have that experience and, and just see what it's like. Well, it's really great that, like you said, something very important. You're one of the people running for Congress for the first time that actually has been to Israel has been involved with Jewish organizations. You have been trying to rebuild the black Jewish relationship because of what's going on. And you're very well aware of it. And that's something very, very few, even Jewish candidates in the past could say that they went to Israel and been fighting for these issues. And here we are, we have somebody from North Texas, someone who is black and someone who's never run for Congress before being a leader in this discussion, which is amazing. And you're not doing it just because of the Jewish issues supporting Israel. You are a man of faith yourself and for Christian Zionists as well. That's right. You know, I think, um, you know, I think that, look, my, my grandmother instilled that in me uh, real early on. I mean, she, she was a, she was one of these Southern Baptists and, um, you know, she, she truly believed that, Jews were God chosen people. And, you know, the reality is that's, that's all I knew, you know, and it was like, uh, look, it, it's the, the inner city. We, we didn't have any Jews in the inner city, but the reality is it, it was, um, you know, just, just a profound understanding that, that I had and she instilled it in me. And, you know, once I got a chance to start meeting and understand the culture, I mean, it just became something that was part of me. Um, and when you think about the, the shooting, the shooting attack that happened in 2016 in Dallas, Texas, um, this guy was a black nationalist, you know, and, you know, he, he, you, he, a lot of his social media stuff was about, you know, anti-Semitic, you know, stuff and, and attacking law enforcement. And, 
you know, there, there was this complete, there was this parallel that ran uh, side by side. So look, when I filed my lawsuit, I, I filed a lawsuit against Black Lives Matter uh, on behalf of Jews and, and, and Americans as a whole. So um, I want people to understand that this is something that I'm passionate about. Um, you know, just, just because it, look, if, if you think about from a, from a black perspective, um, of people that just want to be accepted, right? Uh, you, you have people in, in, uh, you have Jews that just want to be accepted in their community. But the reality is they can't get away from these ideological, um, uh, narratives that, that, that are a detriment to their, their culture, you know, because of where they live at. Uh, last year, there was a, a, a significant increase of attacks on uh, Jew, Jewish and ethnic communities in New York. But you couldn't get the, the White House to say anything about it because they were focused on white supremacy. Oh, white supremacy is this, white supremacy is that. Um, but they had a three, at the time, it was 300% increase in attacks on Jews. Um, and, and nobody was saying anything, but that was the reality of what was happening to those people in those communities. So, uh, look, I put it on my back and, and, you know, I've been, I've been fighting. I've been trying to raise awareness, not just, not just, um, you know, locally, but it's, you know, even there in New York and, and around the country, just like, guys, we got to do, we got to do better. We can't well, continue all this to happen. We're running out of time and we need more voices like you. <laughs> Tell everybody, uh, where exactly the third district of Texas is. I know it's the northern part of Texas. Tell them where you are, uh, running and also how they can reach out to you. Yes. Uh, okay. So I'm running in the north Texas, uh, region. It's, uh, Texas Congressional District 3. That's going to be areas like Plano, Frisco, um, your Prosper, Allen, McKinney. You, you have all those areas in this district. And, um, look, you guys can learn more about the district, learn more about me. I'll go to pennyforcongress.com, P-E-N-N-I-E, for congress.com. I need your support. Get behind me. Guys, we're going to change some, we're going to change the way Washington is working right now. We're going to fight to, to save our country. That's why I'm running. I'm fighting to save our country. Yeah, I don't know what everyone else is doing. But I can tell you, Trey Penn is going in to fight for your interest to protect you and your family. Well, you're always welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. Keep us updated and let us know what we could do here in New York because it's no longer a district. Everything has become a national issue. And your voice for law enforcement, uh, border security, jobs, education. You've been out there for years. We've heard you for years on Hannity. And we know where you stand and how you feel about this country and the people in it. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Amen. Thank you for having me. Joining us now is someone who I call a friend, besides being probably the most popular female person on television today. Everybody loves her. Judge Janine Piero is with us. She's here to discuss our new, her new book. She's going to tell everybody where to get it, because anybody with common sense is going to want to read it, buy it, and take notes on it and follow up. Judge Janine, thanks so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Well, it's great to it's great to be with you, Cindy. I uh, obviously have known you a long time, so it's my pleasure. 
Well, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things we've done together because it happens to be this week, the fifth anniversary of the Jerusalem Embassy opening, where both you and I were. You have always been a strong supporter of Israel way before you were on TV. And yep. uh, I was very lucky yep. to watch you getting honored by ZOA, the Zionist yes. Organizations well, of America. It is, look, it is important that we have an ally uh, in the Middle East, and uh, the one democracy there is Israel, and it's embedded in my DNA. So I am very, very supportive of Israel. I've been there five times, as you well know, and uh, I am very proud uh, of the support that I have received from Jewish people on every campaign that I've run. And uh, so it's a it's a mutual admiration society. Thank you. And before we get into the book and the heavy topics, when I mentioned to people that I was interviewing you, there were two things that kept coming up. Janine, everybody wants to know you are better than a fine wine. You are you look better every day and younger every day. What do you do? You look every day younger. What are the secrets? Well, let me tell you something. If you saw me right now, you wouldn't say that. That's number one. And number two, look, you know, you have to try to maintain your weight. You have to work out. And it's, you know, what I think is positive attitude, Cindy. I really do. I think it's how people carry themselves, how they present themselves. Um, And I have a lot of energy. So I think that translates as well. So uh, sometimes it's hard working out. It really is. And, you know, you have so many other things to do. I do anyway, especially with this book, I mean, I was just on with uh, someone from uh, winning pub- winning team publishing, and you know, I'm going all over the country. I'm going to the Reagan Library and the the uh, uh, the, the uh, Nixon Library, and I'm going to Texas, Louisiana, uh, California, New York, and uh, a few other places. So uh, it'll be it'll be a long haul on this one, but I think the the book couldn't be more timely. Uh, given what we're experiencing right now in the United States. I mean, it is literally a takedown of America, whether you see it at the southern border that is literally being invaded with the facilitation of Joe Biden uh, or, you know, the, the, the chaos and anarchy with the lack of law and order in our society. And, and right now what we're seeing are, you know, the police being defunded and demoralized, which leads to uh, fewer police on the street. And uh, a case that I'm doing an interview on, and that is uh, Danny Penny's attorneys are, uh, I'm going to be talking to, that's the Marine on the subway uh, who ended up uh, uh, taking down Jordan Neely, who was in the midst of a schizophrenic uh, episode, uh, petrified uh, several of the people on the subway, and they were calling 911 for help. And of course, if you're underground, no one's going to come and help you. Uh, and so this Marine took the law into his own hands, along with two other subway riders. And unfortunately, in this political world that we're living in, the Marine has been charged with manslaughter in the second degree. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the schizophrenic with 42 prior arrest is being hailed as some kind of a, you know, uh, hero victim. Uh, and they're showing him from 10, 15 years ago dancing like Michael Jackson. Well, the truth is he's one of 50 who are considered in most in need of mental health in New York City. But, of course, uh, they couldn't get him into the system. 
So, uh, yeah, there's a lot going wrong in this country. And uh, my book, Crimes Against America and the Left's Takedown of Our Republic, is an analysis of it in every way, education, uh, in terms of the First Amendment, religion, uh, law and order, uh, and, and even even the idea of the Department of Justice being anti-justice and very political. Well, I was very fortunate. You were one of the few people who actually interviewed me about my case, the longest-running lawsuit in New York against the Department of Education. And since I've been yep, on it— I remember— since I've been on it, there's been another case with the same county clerk, different signatures with the same person, but somehow this county clerk was able to uh, get her daughter uh, switched into an assembly seat that was originally won by a Republican, but of almost 300 votes. So there's something very wrong in our system, and it's been going on for a very long time. And your book really talks about it so much. You give so much detail, the unmatched indictment of Joe Biden, what's the double standard of different families and different sons and fathers. And we really right now, it's not a matter of being Republican or Democrat or conservative or progressive. It's really common sense. Common sense people take the subway. Common sense people are part of the education system. What is going on in this country right now that that is not winning? Well, I think that what you've got, uh, Cindy, you've got people who've got an agenda to take down this country. And they are the ones with the biggest, loudest voices. The mainstream media is with them. I mean, the whole idea of taking us off of fossil fuels and telling everybody you got to get an electric vehicle and electric tanks in war. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to be in a war somewhere and say, hey, the grid's down. You know, our tanks aren't working. I mean, it is the Biden crime family, the corruption, $10 million in one year when Joe was the vice president. It's an organized criminal enterprise uh, with Money's going to seven, eight, nine people. And why is that, Cindy? The reason it's going to so many people is because they can't put millions in one account without raising some questions. And already uh, Hunter Biden, and this is about Joe, not Hunter, but already there have been 150 uh, uh, suspicious uh, uh, transactions, uh, financial transactions that were targeted by the uh, Department of the Treasury. Um, it, it, that's why Americans have lost faith in the justice system. They, you know, they see some people getting away with, with outrageous things and other people being held accountable for the smallest thing. And, uh, if, if the Department of Justice wants to run as though parents are domestic terrorists that they have to go after, uh, then we've got a real problem in this country and it's got to change. And in my book, Crimes Against America, I have, you know, there foot, the footnotes and it's very factual. It's an easy read. But at the same time, it makes it very clear that all of the institutions of government are being attacked and assaulted and taken down. And that is, you know, that's the agenda of the left. They don't want an America that's free. We're not. They, they want an America that's not free. You can't say what you want. You can't do what you want. They want to indoctrinate our kids about transgenderism. I mean, you know, sometimes I say, Cindy, I'm glad I'm on the back nine. You know, I don't have to deal with this. But yet, uh, yet we do, because you and I are both grandmothers. 
You and I are both grandmothers. Yes, and we're very concerned yes. about our our grandchildren's future. In fact, if you if you get my book, you'll see that I uh, dedicated it to my grandson, who's a year and a half, and said, this is to my grandson, Cameron, who I hope will be able to enjoy the freedoms that I have been able to enjoy in this great nation and the shining city on the hill that Ronald Reagan talked about. So, you know, it is a, uh, it's a very, very dangerous time that we're living in right now. And it's very important that we do everything we can to make sure that we've got a, uh, you know, people that realize that there's a lot that they have worth saving as opposed to just giving up and surrendering. Well, a lot of people say that, but yet you get, look what's, how people talk, and it's so apathetic. I'll give you an example. The last time I saw you was at New York Fashion Week with one of our favorite designers, and here it is. I'm already working on September shows. Nobody wants to come into the city. The, man, the designers are having a hard time getting uh, mat, uh, people to work for them, the materials, yep, yep. And, and nobody feels safe in the city, yet... Well, these cities keep voting blue. Tell us what is going on. Well, they vote blue because they think that they can get what they need from the Democrats. When the reality is that, you know, the Democrats take advantage of them. And the truth is, Cindy, that a lot of the uh, African-Americans, Hispanics, minorities are not so enchanted with Joe Biden and the Democrats anymore. Because you know as well as I do that it's the blue cities that are out of control in terms of crime and people not being safe. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the next election. We'll see whether or not that stays. Well, I do see a shift, but who knows if it's going to be enough. And if, if, if people are excited to even come out and vote. Yep. Yep. That's got to come out and vote. No question about it. So what's the one takeaway you want people to have when they read the book, Crime Against America, the left's takeover of our republic. That, that we are too precious, too great, and too free to allow people who don't love this country to run it, to tear it down, to allow the invasion that's going on, and to allow them to literally steal our freedoms. It's the left's takedown of America. We can't let it happen, Cindy. We just can't. Tell everybody where they can get the book. Uh, you can get the book at Amazon, and of course, you can get the book at uh, judgejbook.com. Hold on. It is, hold on, judgejbook.com. Crazy, Cindy. Uh, you are welcome here anytime, and I hope to see you soon in a safer New York. Uh, me too, Cindy. Thanks so much. You have a great You too. Thanks. Hey, honey. Bye-bye. Cindy Gross here, your Jewess patriot. I'm here with Zlata Stein, licensed fitness coach, and with some tips for spring and summer. I recommend you call her because there is nothing like having a fitness trainer in person to help you and guide you. However, we have some tips today on your core. Thank you, Zlata, for joining us. Tell us what we should do with our core muscles. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, first, before we discuss what you can do with them, I want to just say that 
what the core really is. And many people think the core only consists of the abdominals, but the core also includes your pelvic floor muscles, mid and lower back muscles, and even your hip muscles. So having a strong core is very important. It, it uh, reduces injuries. It reduces back pain. So having a strong core muscle creates a system to support your spine. It improves balance and stability. It improves your posture and athletic performance. What do you recommend as the best core uh, exercise that we can try at home that we won't injure ourselves? Planks are very good for supporting and strengthening the core. The only issue with that is if you're doing it alone, you're not, you don't know necessarily if you're engaging your core or putting extra um, pressure on your spine. So it is very important that you do have someone watching over you so you do prevent injury. Zlatistein is available for group and individual training, reasonable rates. You could find her on Instagram, Facebook, and on other social media outlets. Patriot DJ Drew Shelton, what's going on? You're listening to the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross. And before we leave you today, this I, I just want to share a song with you because in spirit of Cindy's opening from earlier in this broadcast, I just want to share with you one of the very first and still best-selling songs of all time. You know, we experience hard times in life regardless of political parties. We all should know that you've got a friend. This song released in 1971, it won Grammy Awards. It won Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. It won Song of the Year. And I'm going to share with you Carol King's version of You've Got a Friend back from 1971. So let's close out the broadcast with this song. But remember to keep your head together and call my name out loud because soon you'll hear me knocking at your door because your friends are here. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, love somebody, be kind, choose joy in this crazy world. See ya. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, nothing is going.
Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.